this business has radically changed in five years and you will be very um, easily left behind if you don't start to want to learn, adapt, be curious, learn new things and be open to different ways of working. Hi, I'm Darren Woolley, founder and CEO of Trinity P3 Marketing Management Consultancy, and welcome to Managing Marketing, a weekly podcast where we discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media, and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. In advertising, we've seen the rise of the specialist agencies, the trend back to the generalist, better known as the one-stop shop, but more recently, we're witnessing the rise of the integrated agency offering. This offering comes in many shapes and sizes. For some networks and holding companies, it's creating a bespoke agency for a client by drawing down the resources from across the network. For others, it is designing a cross-agency, cross-functional team to meet the client's needs. But no matter what the model, there's always challenges and issues with making it live up to the promised delivery. From issues with attracting and keeping talent to behind-the-scenes infighting breaking out. But my guest today has been working on and working with an integrated agency model for almost a decade and is here to share the lessons learned along the way. Please welcome to Managing Marketing, the CEO of Publicis Group Australia and New Zealand, Mike Rabello. Welcome, Mike. Thanks, Darren. Look forward to being part of the, the chat today. Sounds like an a interesting topic uh, and one that I've got a, a bit of um, experience in. Well, you do have a bit of experience, and, and it's an interesting one because, you know, I get asked a lot by um, journalists particularly, and, and some marketers, you know, should I go for the best of breed and, and manage a, what do they call it, a village, or should I try and, you know, get it all in one package, and, and what's the best for me? And, of course, my answer is, well, it depends, because I'm a consultant. You know, there's never a straight answer. But it's not that simple, is it? It's not just a dichotomy of, do I go village or, or integrated, is it? No, it's not. And I think you're absolutely right. Everything comes back down to the client. And even within the publicist group, we have uh, a, a, a broad church of different types of agencies, everything from creative to media to data to CX specialists to business consultancy practices, digital transformation consultancies. And, and, and even with that breadth and depth of agency capabilities, we design everything to suit the actual needs of a particular client. There's no one size fits all. Uh, we don't always try and um, build an end-to-end capability for a client because sometimes they just need specialist uh, needs and, and have a existing uh, village or ecosystem or partners that we can work with. So it always comes down to what that client's looking for. We have seen uh, a trend where clients are looking for more consolidation uh, and not just because of the efficiency that brings, but because of the integration and the alignment and the focus that brings. And also, it takes a lot of the work uh, off the table for a client in terms of managing a, a, a village. Because that's you know, it's it's like um, you know the, the old saying: it takes a village to raise a baby. Uh, you know, it's it's um, it's 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 the same here. You need you need someone to raise, to, a, to, brain. to raise a village, right? Yeah. So to to manage the village. So there is um, you know, there is not one size fits all. I think what we inherently try and do is create flexibility create modularity for a client so that they can actually uh, use it. My, my kind of um, my kind of analogy is it's like a graphic equaliser because uh, every client's different. They might want the, the bass and the treble set in different um, at different levels depending upon the track, depending upon the album, uh, depending on the genre of music. And so that's what we try and provide our clients here or potential clients is that graphic equaliser of marketing transformation capabilities and they can set that 
to how they how they see is the right settings for for their for their challenges. Because it is about adaptability, isn't it? You know, every client not only has different needs at the point of engaging the agency, but over time, you notice how clients change their needs. And what they're really looking for is a partner that can adapt to that. You know, it's not a set and forget anymore in marketing, is it? Well, I think one of the biggest um, things that we've learned, publicists and myself personally, over the probably the last five or six years, is the need to build the adaptive quotient in your muscle memory, in your mindset. And, you know, for a long time, we look at things like EQ and IQ is really important. Uh, I think what's making and building the more progressive marketer agency person these days is the ability to be quite adaptive. And for creative people at heart, we can sometimes be the most reluctant to change, (laughs) right, which is quite ironic. But I think building that adaptivity is really important, particularly when you look at the needs of a client and how that's changing not just um, you know year to year, but within the cycle of a year as well. And we 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 we, we a lot of the time have a conversation around where should um, a client prioritize in the in the I guess in I call it the strategic funnel dilemma. Right, we're about to, should we be building brand awareness, desire, bringing them into the into the uh, into the system, or should we be driving the performance uh, and the conversion at the bottom of the funnel? And sometimes that can change. Um, in a month and mm. I think what you need to be able to provide clients these days is the flexibility to do that to basically operate on a dime to be quite adaptive and to change tact as as the results need to either uh, ramp up or uh, or business conditions change or uh, competitive uh, uh, activity changes and, and giving clients the ability to do the, to do that and that's hard today particularly when you're talking about the scale of choices and the scale of uh, uh, you know assets and activity a client needs to basically have ready to go. Mm. So I think that's the inherent um, advantage of, of publicists is to provide that for a, a client. Well, you know, Publicists Group Australia and New Zealand, which you're the head of, the leader of, has built a really you know impressive portfolio of very diverse businesses. You know, you've got some, uh, and you alluded to it a minute ago. You know, you've got everything from business consulting through to you know, high-end production to you know, all sorts and, and everything in between. It must be interesting n- being able to almost know or predict or make sure you've got all the bases covered in some ways. Yeah. Because you know, it wouldn't just happen organically, would it? No, look, I think it's, um, it's been a journey uh, and we certainly, uh, the shape of our organisation today and the capabilities that sit within that are very different to what it was 10 years ago, five years ago, and even maybe three years ago. And I think that's been the journey um, that I've enjoyed being part of Publicis because we saw that clients, uh, particularly CMOs, they are, you know, they are, um, they've got a lot of um, choices to make, a lot of challenges to solve. Uh, uh, and in, a, in an environment where budgets are comp- uh, you know, always under pressure, how do they, um, how do they direct those resources to, to, to drive the, the, the best outcome? So we have tried to make our organisational design one that allows them to, to be able to kind of cater to all those needs uh, and be quite flexible in its approach. So over time we've had, I guess we've always had the core of a marketing transformation capability set in terms of great creative agencies, media agencies, uh, and in, in what we've been doing through acquisition globally and locally is building out around that. So the biggest acquisition we made was in 2014, which was Sapient, which gave us a whole new era of capability in digital transformation. And that was quite 
uh, progressive at the time, and we were the first holding company and still are to have that in a, in, in a um, in a communications holding company. So that was kind of quite you know um, progressive and looking to the future. And since then, we've also acquired Epsilon because we saw the the real uh, need for data. And I guess in the conversation around you know uh, the the cookieless world, which still hasn't arrived yet, uh, <laughs> and data privacy. So uh, the acquisition of Epsilon was really critical to us because. Yeah they do have a first-party um, core ID platform. So we knew that was going to become more important to, to clients. Locally, we've seen the, you know, the, the rise of e-commerce. So we made an acquisition of a company called Balance uh, about three years ago. And we've seen, the, I guess, the dramatic change in consumer behaviour. So over the, I guess, um, the last three or four years, we've been really building out our capabilities because they need to be more connected. And I think mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the key to this uh, for clients to be able to operate quite seamlessly across the, the customer experience. Trinity P3. Going back to your uh, equaliser metaphor, you know, how many channels do you need? Because, you know, I could imagine you could end up with the 64 channel or 128 channel equaliser, right? Which would just be incredibly complex in its own right, yep. trying to manage all that. But then if you go too narrow, there's going to be lots of gaps. Yeah, sure. How, what's the sort of thinking, you know, either on a personal level as a management team, as to where you need to be? How many channels do you need at your disposal so that you fulfil the needs of most of your clients? Yeah. Look, I think um, I think right now we would say that we're fairly um, we're fairly satisfied with the level of um, options and capabilities to fulfil the different channel needs that a, a client may have. While we've got more. You know, is then then uh, more of some than others is because of the. Um, you know, we still believe that brands are really important. So we we have you know multiple creative agencies, multiple media agencies, and that's largely because you know we we have to manage client conflict and exclusivities. Um, but look, I think um, right now to be able to to develop big brand ideas, creative experiences, understand the media uh, uh, framework, where to deploy those with a level of data intelligence. I think is, I guess, the core these days, being able to develop, you know, the one-to-one marketing around that, uh, the performance marketing around that. They're all kind of like table stakes today, right? Um, yeah. Social content influencer, all of that then um, is there as well. Um, and then I guess the big, the big um, uh, added value we have in the group is the digital transformation consultancy practice in Sapient, which not, not many other um, holding companies have. There are obviously uh, uh, consultancy firms in that area, but in terms of the whole coast, we're the only one that really has that capability that sits alongside uh, the rest and of the And it's team. interesting, sorry to jump in, but it's interesting, Sapient, because, you know, there was that time with the merger with Nitro before it was acquired by Publicis, where it was weird because it was trying to be more like a digital agency rather than its core. You know, the very foundations of Sapient was yep. all about technological, digital-driven transformation. Mm. You know, these were big platform mm. players at, at Sapient, but it, it, it dallied yeah. for a while at trying to be an agency, which seemed to be such a waste of a, a, well, a capability. It's interesting. It's a very fascinating hist- historical kind of um, uh, reflection because we, we, if I look back at that and we weren't involved with Sapient at the time, this is mm. when you were right, they were very much a very core digital um, consultancy uh, and, and had that core expertise in that. I think they were starting to see back then that joining that up with the marketing function mm. uh, in digital marketing was where the world was going. So I think they were actually quite progressive. Oh, yeah. And then basically what happened was then 
Um, you know, they, they were making acquisitions, like you mentioned, um, Nitro, et cetera, and started to package that up together, but it didn't have the scale. Yeah. And it didn't have medium. And I think what the group saw was a similar type of vision to what the Sapien team were seeing, and hence the acquisition of Sapien actually allowed us to, both of us to basically merge our visions together, yeah. but at a, a super scale that wasn't, um, that they couldn't really achieve with just Nitro. And so what we ended up having to do was really help, um, uh, you know, um, align to, to, to uh, I guess, Sapien's core strengths, our core strengths, and bring those to market in a, uh, in a combined manner. And it makes a lot of sense for Publicis Group to move in that direction with Sapient because what we've seen is the big, you know, the big four have certainly started acquiring sort of more marketing agency capabilities because they've realised just doing the sort of tech platform consulting doesn't work unless you can then follow it through. They're, what's the saying? They leave money on the table yeah. with their clients. And so, you know, we've seen... Uh, Accenture uh, Interactive or Accenture Song now uh, acquiring agencies, um, uh, Deloitte Digital are building those capabilities. I mean, it's becoming a more sort of competitive landscape, isn't it? Look, it certainly is. I think this uh, we've seen our competitors certainly kind of um, uh, look at what we've been doing, uh, perhaps having their own strategies, but but uh, implementing them in different ways. Uh, I think it's um, all born from the same uh, view that if you look at what's happening in society, technology has been you know, fantastic in bringing us closer together in many ways, but on the flip of that, it's also driven us apart as, 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 uh, as, as humans in society. So that's making it even harder for organisations, brands, businesses to really you know, connect with their, their audiences and, and, and people and their customers. So really um, you know, bringing those things together for, um, from a marketing perspective, the connectivity around that is really at the heart of, I guess, how you can solve for these problems in where society has gone, is I guess our kind of philosophical view. And I think that's shared by a, a lot of us. I think when it comes to the reality of your capabilities to deliver on that, we're still probably the only ones that have the, the true depth and scale and breadth of those capabilities. We're still probably the only holding company that has you know a, a core media business around that. So if you look at the you look at the uh, consultancies, none of them have a media practice. No, that's right, and it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I re remember uh, Martin Sorrell saying after he left WPP that uh, Mark Reeds should sell off Group N to one of them, and they could have a, a functional media team. Yeah. But none of them have made that play. I'm, I'm wondering if. They're not quite sure how the the media business works because it's not core to their sort of psychology yeah. of, of you know the way they run business. Yeah, I I, I would agree. And uh, look, I think for us, what we're seeing is, and I'm a creative agency guy, as you know. I grew yeah. up in, uh, in in Saatchi and Saatchi for over twenty years, and one of the things I've really enjoyed in my role has really getting back to um, and getting quite close with the 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 media part of our business. Uh, I grew up in a world, Darren, where it was all in the one agency. Yeah, where right, it was, uh, it was bundled. So I really now enjoy getting uh, into the media world. And for us, we are we're actually seeing quite a, a shift in in the role media plays in defining an agency ecosystem as well. It's really becoming quite a a, a core backbone uh, to a to a village or to a system because it also then starts to um, help um, partner and, and and bring in data. Mm. Uh, and, 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 and that union, that relationship is becoming so critical. We're seeing production into media now, even, even um, uh, quite a progressive play that some clients are building where usually production and creative would sit together. 
So uh, the role of the creative agencies, I still think, very important, you know, in defining the, the brand strategy and the big idea. Uh, and, and then, you know, when you marry that up, but I think the, the rise of media has become, I've watched over the last probably three to four years, not just locally, but globally, really, really mm. fascinating. Um, and, 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 and um, yeah, I think it's it's an area where, you know, a lot of the competitive consultancy firms don't have, a, um, I guess, a, a, um, a capability or a handle in. Yeah, and, and you know, you touched on the fact that you, know, you and I both started in advertising when media was part of the agency. But it was also a time when media was pretty much the last five minutes of the presentation and they put up an Excel spreadsheet with little crosses in boxes because they were really only planning half a dozen media channels. Now they've got literally thousands of media channels with uh, uh, so many options, so much data that drives that decision making. It's no wonder that it's become almost a... A, you know, a, a substantial driver of the decision-making process. And, yeah, and if you look at the lion's share of a client's investment is in media. And that always was, has been. And always has been. It has. And it's, it's <laughs> kind of like now people, I think, are going, are, I think it's because of the, the complexity now, the, mm. the, the greater complexity in that, that it's really kind of heightened the, the value of the media agencies. Or they would have told you that for you know years on end how important they, they, they the role they play, and they're right. But I think now with the complexity there, uh, it's it's everyone's kind of really kind of seeing how just just how critical it is, um, and and it's even more important when you can start to bring that closer together with where the strategy is developed or uh, or co-created. And I think that's the big thing for us now is what we're seeing is media integration into creative thinking the critical game changer. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it does happen, right? I mean, it does happen in, in your traditional ecosystems or villages. But, you know, when you, when you, when you talk about um, strategic alignment, that's probably where we find in, in um, uh, the, the, uh, the village system where most of the rub is, really, because everyone, you know, sometimes you're using different audience sets, sometimes you're working off different insights, uh, different research platforms. Uh, and you're not, and you're working in isolation. Whereas when we bring it together, creative and media, we're we're, we're defining the strategy together, and then we're going away and executing on that. So, media people will start to see an idea a lot earlier, and creative people and, and strategists start to get richer audience insights a lot earlier. Yeah, uh, and I think that's where we're seeing the the magic start to to kind of formalise, and it's literally going back to. When we were all bundled, right? <laughs> we're putting um, the toothpaste back into the, the tube. tube. No. But, but you yeah. know, I think correctly, you never can because the tube's actually changed. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it. it's not going to go back to the way it was at the start of this century. It's it's a t- well, completely different game. And, and so we're having to reinvent for the circumstances that marketers find themselves these days. Trinity P3. You, you've opened the door for me on a really interesting area when you talked about the village again. And that is, I wouldn't mind just running a couple of different models sure. of integration uh, past you and just get your, your feeling on the, from your experience. Because, you know, I know over the last 10, 15 years, we've been interacting, Trinity P3, with you at, at Sanchi's and now Publicis, uh, where we've seen your thinking evolve over that time, which is why I wanted to have this conversation. So the first one is this idea of building a bespoke agency, you know, like not just bringing your teams together, 
to work together on a client, but actually pulling individuals out and putting them into a new entity. And probably WPP is most known for this, you know, like um, Bank of America was Team America and, uh, and Vodafone was Team Red and Ford was Team Blue, where they literally pulled people out. What, what's uh, your experience of that model or your thinking about that model? Do you think it's, it, it's the best or a good way of going forward? Look, I'll start by saying um, there's no, no, there's no more, one model that's perfect yeah. for any one client and everything will come back down to what the client's needs are. We've had some very successful situations where we've built a bespoke agency for a client and, and, and as you know, that would come down to whether or not there's the scope uh, and, and the commercial uh, model underneath that to provide to an, support end, it, an end-to-end yeah. capability. And, if you, and I guess where we've been able to do that, it's been very successful uh, and um, it, there's lots of um, uh, strengths to, to that model. Um, and again, it comes down to um, what the client's needs are. Some clients really like that. They like to have their own standalone bespoke agency that is there to service their everyday needs that live and breathe and be part of their marketing department that they, um, you know, that they know that can be very responsive to the, the um, variety of uh, opportunities and challenges that they're facing. Um, that's not to say that can't happen in any other model either, but there's some of the, I guess, the it's more... It's a psychological thing, it is, isn't yeah. it? They have that, this is my team. Yep. The downside from my experience is keeping people really excited about working yep. on one, because most people I think are attracted to advertising because they like the challenge of sure. lots of yeah. different things. And, and you're right. And, and, and it's been more successful for us where it's a category that's really exciting right? mm-hmm. and where there's the, the nature of the work they're doing is quite progressive. So um, we, um, we set up Team One recently to, to um, uh, um, service the Lexus business. And that is a very um, end-to-end agency but it's very progressive. It's got a luxury automotive yeah. electrification type of category we're operating in, which is really interesting for talent. It's uh, got everything from data to CX to advertising to media all in there as well. So, so you're working plenty of challenge, plenty of learning opportunity. It's a progressive space, great client to work with. So you can actually have a really strong talent proposition in that respect. So we, we, we've got, um, you know, we, we've had success in that. But, you know, it does depend on the client, a lot of these things. Yeah. And we've got, that's why we operate with different models um, as well. So we've got um, with Arnott's where we have, I guess, the, um, we work with Arnott's across their entire marketing um, uh, um, investment. So we have an operating model called the Neighbourhood, which is a, a hub. Uh, mm-hmm. And that team uh, is led by a chief client officer, a CCO. And that CCO is the central point of contact with Arnott's. They work with um, Arnott's to define the, the marketing plan, um, the uh, activation around that, and then we take the briefs and then uh, take those briefs uh, and coordinate everything from media to advertising to data, PR, so, etc. Sorry, Mike. So that's more like your equaliser, correct? In yeah. that you can dial up and dial down on a needs basis, which you know is more difficult in the bespoke agency because you've got like t- teams and you've got a financial model sure. that secures yep. those totally. resources. Yep. To dial that down has huge personal impacts on the people in it the does, team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't need as much of you, so what do I do? Yeah. If yeah. I'm half a person, where am I going to work? So for some clients that works really well because yeah. they've got a, a, a very firm view on their investment over the next three to five years. Yeah. They're clear on what they need and that works really well. And some prefer a bit more flexibility, a little bit less, um, uh, you know, 
firm set FTEs or people, shall we call them? Uh, and rather have, uh, I guess, a, um, a hub. Sorry, we've just lost all of the procurement people <laughs> listening to this. They're going, people, people. Oh, yes. FTEs. Those, yes. Very, those, those very important uh, assets we have uh, that go up and down our elevators. Yeah. But, um, but, but, yeah, so, um, again, not every client's the same. That's why we go, right, you, there's, a, there's, a, there's the, the Arnott's um, uh, neighbourhood model we've got. And we have other different versions of that too. And it all depends also on what the core capability that a client might be looking for. They might be leaning towards a, a more of a media assignment with a, with a few other additives around that yeah. versus they might want a creative assignment primarily with uh, some CX capabilities, some social, some influencer around that, uh, or even just, or just um, uh, some performance media on, on as well. So it really depends. And I guess that's what we kind of just sit down and we basically model it out with the client. And it's not, it's not, it's not um, set in stone. It, it is very kind of um, dynamic as, as the, uh, as the months roll by and we were always mm. optimizing as well. So, uh, and look, we've got the scale as well so that we can make, if we have to make changes, there's always somewhere we, where we can, we can, um, you can um, utilize those people correct, in other yeah, areas. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's another important part is, you know, to be able to move people around because I think a lot of marketers that like that locked-in model don't realise how much individuals within agencies learn just by that sort of cross-pollination yeah. on other clients, clients you yeah. know, totally different categories. Yeah. But you get ideas and you see things yeah. working that you go, you know, the natural curiosity goes, I wonder how that would go with yeah. this client. Absolutely. I mean, I, I grew up having that benefit working across all the key categories. Uh, it's made me a better uh, marketer today. Uh, and that's something we still provide. One of the things I'm really starting to enjoy myself personally, what I see uh, our people in the group starting to kind of benefit from is the ability to traverse across the different disciplines. So really, you know, coming out of their swim lane, whether it's working just in a creative agency all your life, you're now starting to see uh, and work with teams really closely, and more intimately in, in CX and data and media and performance media and starting to understand that at a generalist level. Mm. And we've had, I think last year, we made a, something around 75 people moved across the group into new different um, agencies, uh, switching out of different um, uh, um, functional expert, expertise areas as well. So that talent proposition is something that's really uh, quite powerful for us now. So it's not just been about the category diversity, it's been about working through the different capabilities. And it's just making you know, the, our people just far more um, fluent uh, and far more, I guess, um, um, progressive in, 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 in how they're able to advise clients because they've got a, a rich, diverse experience set. And I think that's what we, 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 we keeping, uh, keeping fueling and, and, and nurturing. And how do you, because you mentioned earlier that, you know, for creative people, we often resist change as, a, you know, as a, an industry and as a generalisation. But how do you open that thinking, you know? Because I, I know there are, you know, some creative people that think creativity is the ad, whereas you actually want to start creating people that think creatively in all aspects of the business, beyond marketing yep. to, to, you know, solving business problems, don't yep. you? Yes, I think so. Look, I think there's there's a there's a level of, um, and these aren't absolutes either, Darren. I think you know, <coughs> creative people are fantastic at ideas, and a lot of great creative people have ideas beyond advertising, and they just don't have the 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 the, the 
the canvas to deploy them mm. uh, because in the way that they are working in a particular um, business might not allow them to, to spread that. But mm. you talk Here's to the brief for an ad yeah. and then you come up with an idea that's not an ad, people go, no, no, I want an ad. <laughs> you know, I've got a lot of great friends that are creators from agency brands and, and you know, you talk to them outside of work and they've got 20 different brand ideas that have got nothing to do with advertising. Mm. And it's that we've got to make sure as an industry uh, as you know, see our publicists that we're able to help thrive and, and, and nurture um, because they're, they're, they're genuinely good, really great ideas, people. I think that sometimes it's the, it's the when I talk about the conservatism, it's the reluctance to work in new ways that is, mm. and that's just human nature. And I don't think that's just creative people, it's just the reluctance or the, or the um, yeah, it takes, the, it takes a bit more time to want to change the way that they worked in the past. And I think that's changed a lot now because people are seeing this business has radically changed in five years and you will be very um, easily left behind if you don't start to want to learn adapt be curious learn new things and be open to different ways of working uh, and i think that's the challenge for for the industry as a whole trinity p3 now mike at the start of this conversation you mentioned about how an integrated solution is you know has efficiencies but we've also seen examples, particularly where the integrated models cobbled together, that the efficiencies get lost by that infighting over budget, yep. you know, between different units, and infighting over, you know, transfer of, of fees across various areas. You've actually addressed that. And I, I can't imagine it was an easy thing to do. But I'd love if you could share this idea of actually moving to a country or market-based PNL yeah. because you know I think it's it's a huge achievement um, that you've been able to do that. Yeah, thanks, Darren. Look, and I've worked in as you, as you've mentioned before in, in a lot of different models, and we still do. Even though we are a, a country model here in Australia, a lot of our clients operate across the village system, and we 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 like to see ourselves as very adaptive uh, and we, 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 we lean into that system. But if we're given the opportunity to design it ourselves, we'll, 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 we'll um, certainly provide the, uh, the publisher's um, you know, view on that. And look, so it all comes back down to the country model. I think you're, you're right in that traditionally, there is probably three sets of um, battles that happen in an agency village. One is the, um, the budgets, who gets what, uh, the scope, scope creep, always trying to kind of um, you know, the entrepreneurialism in everyone starts to kind of creep out to the detriment of the client. The second one is strategic alignment, really about, you know, and that's probably, um, you know, a big battle on, you know, uh, insight, audience, uh, the go-to-market strategy proposition, all of that. There tends to be a bit of um, uh, battle there. And that's good. That's good healthy tension as well. So we try and make sure that the, the healthy tension uh, exists too because you want differing views. And then the other part is the, the battle around the application of the idea. How should it be? Uh, you know, the, the, the CX specialist, the digital might have a different view to a, yeah. a, a storyteller in, in, in film. So, those three are the kind of key areas. What we have been able to do, it starts with us, it's organizational design, and that's the country model. And this is the publicist group global um, uh, transformation that started in 2016. So, right now, we have um, one PL that sits at a country uh, level across Australia and New Zealand, and all the brands operate into that. And that allows us to basically put the client's needs, their ambitions, their marketing scope uh, at the heart of everything we do. So there isn't necessarily infighting anymore because we are, um, there's one PL. So it's, 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 it's um, one payment to publicists and we work out the best talent capability to solve that brief. And in models like ours, it's very modular. 
uh, we can we can redeploy uh, you know people from um, uh, other parts of the um, of the ecosystem at, at, at will. Um, we do that for Toyota as well. We have the creative and the media around the CRM assignment for Toyota in Australia. So we're able to provide a really connected platform for, for Toyota. So we um, don't necessarily have that traditional level of um, infighting. More of the tension comes in the strategic debate, which is mm. great. As I said, we want to maintain that. We want to have great people in their areas of expertise come in and, and, and tear things apart and rebuild them together. But we were able to do that with really the client strategy uh, and objectives at the centre, not where can we start to um, maybe pull out some additional kind of budget for our own uh, PL because that doesn't exist. Uh, and then it's the idea application is another area we found because we're working together up front on strategy, on idea, and we might have the teams from the creators from Digitask working with the teams from Saatchi and Saatchi or Leo Burnett all working together up front. Then there's this kind of buy-in. It's not just like a relay. It's more like rugby, right? And I think that's the kind of um, ways of working. And we have, we also have one unified process. So for our connected clients, we have um, ways of working, you know, something that I know that you're very passionate about. So it's a, it's a defined unified process. It's three really simple steps that everyone, no matter what agency brand they come from or expertise they come from, we, we follow this process. And our clients also, um, um, you know, uh, support and buy into that. So that helps take that... Um, unhealthy tension out because there's good tension that you need yeah. to kind of keep in the system. So, yeah. yeah. I, I love that because, you know, I say to people all the time, you know, uh, the, the model or the metaphor we should be thinking about is the oyster. You know, it's the grit that gets mm. into the oyster that makes the pearls. I worry sometimes that people think that they need a relationship between their agencies and with their agencies that is, you know, frictionless. Mm. And that's incredibly dangerous because, you know, ideas come from problems, from yeah. irritations. When something's not working, great creative comes, you know, solutions yeah. come from something not oh, working. We, we, so, we, yeah, yeah. That, that distinction of good friction and bad friction, getting rid of the bad so that you can focus yeah. on the good is really powerful. You want super smart talent to be able to kind of debate their, their thoughts, their mm. feelings in a way that's healthy, that's, you know... Um, respectful. Respectful, uh, that allows everyone to kind of have their say. Uh, and that's, I think that's important. And I think, uh, you know, that's um, where you get the greatness from. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike Rebello, thank you very much. We've run out of time. Oh, was that it, Darren? I was enjoying that. I was just getting all done. <laughs> Well, look, I have got, I remember years ago, you were known as the Mr. Wolf of Saatchi's because you seem to get sent to fix up all these different markets. Now, you've worked in Vietnam. Yes. Uh, New Zealand. Yes. Singapore. Yes. London. Yes. And two visits to Australia. Yep. Right? Which is your favourite market? Mm-hmm.